Our reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed to and fro by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to pray for us before we begin. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you long to speak to us and that you are at work by the power of your Holy Spirit. Pray that you will use my words this morning and that the thoughts of all of our hearts will be pleasing and perfect in your sight. Amen. Thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure to be back at Shirley Baptist Church. Lots of familiar faces, but also lots of unfamiliar faces to me, which is very encouraging because I think it's a really good indication that the church has been growing and changing in the seven or so years since I worshipped here regularly. So I'm pleased to see lots of old friends and lots of new friends as well. Yes, I've moved away to York and made a home there, and uh, it's, it's really lovely, but Shirley will always be my spiritual home, the first place that I came to faith in Jesus. This is the place where I grew up, and it has a very special place in my heart. Can I have my first slide, please? Does anyone remember when the church halls looked like that? <laughs> that uh, vision in blue in the foreground is me. <laughs> sometime in the mid-90s, <laughs> and I think quite clearly in my element. So, there we go. <laughs> As I hope, it is pretty evident, I've done an awful lot of growing up since this picture was taken, which is what we're going to be thinking about today. Growing up, or more specifically, growing up in Christ. The passage that we've heard today talks about becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we're going to spend some time exploring what that means. What does it look like to grow into maturity as a disciple of Jesus? 
What does that mean for us as individuals? But what does that mean in a wider sense for Shirley Baptist as a church? I first came across the phrase growing up in Christ in a Eugene Peterson book called Practice Resurrection, which is a very beautifully poetic, in-depth study of the book of Ephesians. And it really digs in to what it means to grow into spiritual maturity, what it means to live out the resurrection life that Jesus offers us. But before we zoom in on verses 11 to 16 of chapter 4, it would be helpful to place our passage within the wider context of the book of Ephesians. Don't worry, you don't need to take all of that in. Uh, This illustration was made by the Bible Project, who I can highly recommend. And amongst other things, they make really helpful videos that outline and explain uh, different themes and different books of the Bible. So this image is from one of their videos. Super quick summary. Uh, The book of Ephesians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul from prison to the church in Ephesus which was a church that he had a history with. Ephesus was a big city, a kind of cultural epicenter of worship for all of the big name Greek and Roman gods. And for a number of years, Paul had a significant missionary presence there. As you can see from the slide, the shape of the letter is really interesting because it basically splits into two distinct halves. And the whole book hinges on this one word at the very beginning of chapter four, therefore. In the first half of the letter, Paul outlines the gospel. He tells the story of what God has done in Jesus, dying for us, forgiving our sins, giving us grace, and building a new multi-ethnic family that will play a key role in restoring humanity and establishing God's kingdom here on earth. So that's how Paul starts, grounding the Ephesians in this new shared identity that they have in Jesus. So he begins with the gospel, and then there's this big therefore that shifts the letter into a new section. This is the gospel. This is your new identity. Therefore, this is how you should live. In light of all that God has done for you and the grace he has given, this is how you should live. The passage that we're looking at today falls really near the beginning of this second section. When our identity is grounded in Jesus, in the story of the gospel, our behavior needs to change as a consequence. His story becomes our story, and it changes everything. Our priorities, our decisions, how we relate to one another. This is the heart of what Paul is saying to the Ephesians. Look what Jesus has done for you. Isn't it amazing? You are loved. You are chosen. You're forgiven. And in light of what Jesus has done, this is how you should live. When we become Christians, 
when we say yes to God and hand over the reins of our life to him, he comes to live in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And we begin to change. That's promised to us in the Bible. He loves us far too much to leave us as we are. And it's this transformation that we're going to focus in on. How are we to grow as disciples? Grow as a church, grow to full spiritual maturity. How we are to grow up in Christ. There are three points that we're going to think through on this road towards spiritual growth. Growing together, growing mature, and growing honest. Growing together, growing mature, and growing honest. So firstly, growing together. Verses 11 to 13 say this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is all one sentence with a lot of commas. (laughs) But notice what it says Christ gave to equip his people and build up the church to unity and maturity. He gave people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave us the gift of each other. With all of our diversity, with all of our different gifts and skills and callings. Imagine this group of people lined up earlier on the stage, different ages, different life stages, different things that they bring to the table, but all given to each other as a gift to build God's church. There are some specific roles mentioned here, but this is by no means an exhaustive list. So if you don't feel like you come into any of those categories, that is okay. There are other points in the New Testament where these kind of lists crop up and they all look slightly different. What they really do highlight though is that we need difference and we need each other in order to grow together. In short, we need the church. We're not going to grow into full spiritual maturity on our own. The call of the Christian is not to be isolated. We absolutely need to be gathering together in community with God's people for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of others. Eugene Peterson says this about the role of church in our spiritual growth. God is not abstract, remote, inaccessible. Church, ordinary, local, immediate, personal, welcomes us into the company of Jesus, who is God with us, who embraces the human condition and speaks our language. It is within this place that we are welcomed into the company of Jesus. 
Of course, it's not the only place that we can meet with Jesus. The very fact that he is God with us demonstrates that we don't need to be in a church building and we don't need to wait till Sunday to meet with God. But we absolutely do need to be invested in a church community, deepening our relationships with one another, praying for each other, supporting and encouraging one another if we're going to grow as disciples. The goal is unity and maturity, and the church is God's great gift to us to get anywhere close to that. We don't need to all look the same, or be good at the same things, or be the same age, or from the same cultural background. Absolutely not. Unity doesn't require uniformity. If we're going to grow up in Christ, we need to embrace our differences, and we need to do everything we can to celebrate and protect our unity in Jesus, growing together. Secondly, growing mature. Verse 14 then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Growing up in Christ is about maturing, growing in wisdom and discernment, having the tools to sift through what we hear and not be taken in by falsehoods. There's an element of warning in Paul's words. We need to grow into maturity in order to be on our guard against the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Maturity helps us to discern, to be wise, to read the situation, it gives us the tools that we need to know what requires our trust and what requires our skepticism. The world is full of people and institutions and businesses that want our attention and our money and our devotion. We have perhaps never needed wisdom more. The image that is used for this kind of wisdom and discernment is not being a baby anymore. I know you all know what babies look like, but that's me. <laughs> that was taken on my dedication day. The thing about babies is that they're not very bright because they haven't learned anything yet. They don't really know that they even have hands. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I think babies are absolutely delightful, but they're not what you'd call wise. Babies will trust anyone. Quite recently, some friends of ours had a baby, a little girl called Matilda, and a few weeks after she was born, uh, they brought her to church and Sam met her for the first time. He was having his first little cuddle uh, just before the service started, and Matilda was sleeping, perfectly content, everything was fine. But then she started to just open her eyes a little bit and have a look around, 
And at that point, Sam started to get quite panicky and was desperately looking around for someone that the baby would know. And he was like, well, someone who's, where's her parents? Can someone hold her? Um, he was panicking because he was nervous that she might look up at him, realize that she didn't know who he was, and then get distressed. And we all had a little bit of a laugh at poor Sam because at this point, the baby didn't know who anyone was. She wasn't really old enough to recognize faces, let alone get distressed by a stranger. So it was, it was all fine. We did find her parents, though. Babies haven't developed any kind of discernment or wisdom to know what's going on in the world around them. It's only when they grow up a bit that they work out who they know and who they trust. In this passage, we are called not to be babies anymore. There's nothing wrong with babies. We all start out as one, and that is wonderful. But we shouldn't stay as one. There would be something very wrong if I still looked like that. The same is true spiritually. It's so important that we are aware on our journey through the Christian life that we need to be seeking God's wisdom and growing in maturity. There are so many ways in which we can do this. Spending time getting to know his word and feeling really confident in the truths of the Bible. Making sure we have older, wiser Christians around us who we can look up to and seek counsel from. Developing a deep prayer life where we spend time in the presence of God and we learn to bring everything to him. We really learn what his voice sounds like in our lives. Growing in maturity, developing wisdom, becoming a discerning person is just not something that will happen by accident. We need to practice. We need to be disciplined. We need to be planted in a Christian community that can help us along the way. And we need to lean in to what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. This is how we will grow. This is how we won't be babies anymore. And finally, growing honest. Verse 15 and 16 really nail down the most important element that's needed for us to grow up in Christ. Love. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head. That is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. How will we grow up in Christ? Together and with love. We grow by treating each other with love, speaking the truth in love. And we grow by being built up in the love that Jesus has for us. We need to rest in that truth, to find our identity in that love. 
God loves you so, so much. So much so that he sent his precious son into the world to die for you, to bring you back into deep, life-giving relationship with him. Remember the wider shape of the message of Ephesians. This is the gospel. This is the love God has for you. Therefore, love one another. Live your life out of the overflow of that love. I know that in your recent sermon series, you've been thinking about your church values. You've been looking at welcome, and you're going to move to look really deeply at love. So I won't spend too long on this point. But it is so key that growing as disciples always, always comes from a place of love. God's love for you, compelling you to go out into the world and love like that, with truth and with love. I would really like to leave you with a personal thank you, because you might have heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, and you were my village. <laughs> you were the village that raised me. This is the place where I started out on a journey of faith, a journey of growing up in Christ, and it is a journey that I know will take a whole lifetime. I've barely scratched the surface of this life of discipleship, but I know that the foundations of my faith are hugely important, and they were laid here. So thank you. I want to encourage you with that, but also may that be a challenge. Who are you investing in right now? Who are you raising up in the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ? Keep investing in each other and keep investing in young people. Keep loving deeply and following where the Spirit leads. Growing up in Christ, growing to full maturity, will require you to be wise and discerning and sometimes to challenge one another, to call out the stuff that's not quite right. But always that should be done by speaking the truth in love. This is a quote that I think highlights this really well. The American pastor and author Tim Keller says this of the relationship between love and truth. Love without truth is sentimentality. It supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. Truth without love is harshness. It gives us information but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. God's saving love in Christ, however, is marked by both radical truthfulness about who we are, and yet also radical, unconditional commitment to us. This is how God loves us, and this is how we are to love one another with radical truthfulness and radical, unconditional commitment. 
Shirley Baptist Church, you were the most beautiful community to grow up in, and I am immensely grateful for you. And it is my hope and prayer that you will all keep growing up. Together, in wisdom and maturity, in truth and love, and most importantly, growing up in Christ. Amen.